Hello and welcome back to What's the Play. Danny and Sosa are back for championship weekend. I can't believe we're already here. Only three NFL games left. Really, really sucks, but we're down to the top four. The final four. And boy, have we got some very interesting teams here. I honestly, at the beginning of the year, I don't think this would have been. The Chiefs maybe for sure, but... Definitely the other three wouldn't have immediately crossed a lot of minds. I know the Rams did have a lot of hype, but it was mostly Green Bay and the Bucks that you were hearing in the Final Four. But we've got some amazing matchups, some exciting matchups. I think we're going to see some awesome defense. We're going to see some awesome offense for sure. And we've got a lot to discuss. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with you if you asked me at the beginning of the year. But something that's really interesting is that continuously in the NFL, we still begin to see those elite front offices those elite coaching teams still rise up and we see them late in the season every time kansas city you know the patriots the rams the 49ers we are in a situation where we could see kansas city versus the 49ers again which is the exact same Super Bowl matchup we saw just a few years ago which is crazy so we still see that those top top tier teams those top top tier systems are still you know coming out later later in the year which is which is fun to watch yeah, and we've got some top quarterbacks as well. Although I know a lot of people will discuss, you know, our, our friend Jimmy G down in San Fran. But the thing is, he wins. He wins. We'll, we'll talk about him later, though, because first up, we've got the number four seed Bengals, who are now 12 and, 12 and 7 on the year, at the number two seed Chiefs, who are now 14 and 5 on the year. This game will be 3 p.m. on Sunday. And the key that I'm watching for in this game is third down conversions by the offense. Over the year, the Bengals were 16th in the league at a clip of 39%, while the Chiefs were number one in the league converting their third downs at 52%. And I think that is going to be extremely key in this game. Obviously, in week 17, the teams had clean games, and so it was just going back and forth and pretty crazy. But we saw the Bengals last week struggle a lot on third downs, which stalled a lot of their drives. And I think that might happen again here. And, you know, the Chiefs, they don't need any help with their defense, you know, getting the ball, getting a turnover. So Burrow is going to have to be extremely clean. They can't have any turnovers here to give, to give the Chiefs a short field. And it's going to be very, very important for them to have communication and to brace embrace you know arrowhead stadium is it's gonna be loud i know joe burrow has said like it doesn't compare to college but how about the rest of the team you know it's hard to win there which is why not only one team has been able to beat beat the chiefs at home in the playoffs recently with mahomes so i think we're gonna be in for a dog fight but i have the chiefs winning 31 to 24 I just think they've hit their stride. You know, they're back. We had doubts at the beginning of the year, but especially last week, Mahomes' performance really, really impressed me because he was taking what the defense was giving. You know, the Bills had uh, their two high safeties the entire game. And, you know, he was he did what a quarterback should do. He wasn't trying to play hero ball like he did in the Super Bowl. You know, he was hitting Tyreek Hill, and Hill was able to take it to the house, you know, get those yards after catch. The creativity in that offense was, was there to see... No, McCall Hardman got his touches as well. So I think they're hitting their stride. Mahomes isn't, he's not trying to do too much again. And with that offense, with those weapons, it's, it's a really scary sight. And I think 
the Chiefs will be able to get a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow, as we saw. Uh, that offensive line isn't great, but sacks are partly a quarterback's stat as well. And, you know, nine sacks, that's just way too much. And you can see that Burrow was at fault for a few of them. So he can't, he can't be holding onto the ball to stall those drives because the Chiefs are going to be scoring. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> no, really, really great analysis there, and I agree with a lot of your points. You know, Chiefs are coming up, coming off in an unbelievable win. I actually think that's probably the best opponent they'll play going forward, except maybe the Rams, the Bills team that they played last week. That was just an unbelievable, unbelievable football game to watch and experience. The entire weekend was absolutely crazy, but like you mentioned, Mahomes played very well in that game, took what the defense was giving him. Um, he also threw the ball quite well, 90% accuracy last week and 75% completion percentage. So it's obvious he's at the top of his game right now and he's playing really well and he, they're going to need him to continue that going forward if they're going to make it to the Super Bowl and especially if they're going to win it. You mentioned something that I think is also really important for the Chiefs offense, which is the secondary con- contributors need to show up again. We saw Michael Hardman last week have, really, have some really nice runs. Uh, guys like Byron Pringle making some plays as well on third down is important. So... I think it's important that those other guys are involved past Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey because I think that's something that the Bengals defense is going to look to at least try to take away, although it's very difficult, essentially impossible. Very, very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the run game as well, they've been losing, using a lot of Jarek McKinnon, but I think it'd be a good bonus to get some runs out of your first-round pick, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had, he had one or two good runs against the Bills, but they didn't run the ball that much that game. I think it'd be great for them to get him even more involved, and if they could run a little bit more of this game, I think it would be advantageous to the to the game plan. And continue to be great on third down. I mean, they made the great, the best third down team all season, like you mentioned. I think they, they're going to need that. A lot of that has been due to Mahomes either rushing on third down or scrambling and buying extra time, so I think they're going to need him to continue to do that. But, I mean, this yeah, this offense is so good. I mean, all, everything I'm saying, they know, and I think they're going to go out and execute. Andy Reid, bring out the good plays. I mean, I'm sure he will, but <laughs> especially in the red zone, he uh, the, we always see some really creative stuff from him, and I'm sure he's going to have something something, something that he's going to dig up for us this weekend, which I'm really excited to watch. Defensively, getting Tyron Matthew back will be huge for that secondary Kansas City. We saw them kind of break down after after he went out that game, and Jabbar was able to carve them up even more. So I think getting him back is going to be really important, and... I actually really like the Chiefs' defensive line as well. You mentioned all the sacks that the Titans were able to get on Joe Burrow. Nine sacks, and they were still able to win. I think the Chiefs have are going to have to try to put a lot of pressure on them as well. Maybe not get as many as nine sacks is unlikely, but they should aim for at least half of that, I think. Try and get up to four sacks against Joe Burrow, making him comfortable. More importantly, just pressure him consistently so that you can uh, try and take the ball out of his hands and try and make force him to make some mistakes. But... A little bit flying under the radar, how good the Kansas City defensive line is. Chris Jones, Belvin Ingram, Flank Clark, all those guys are big names, big guys that could really come in and disrupt. So I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do against this offensive line that we know is not good. I think that's the biggest mismatch in this game, actually, is the trenches between the Kansas City defensive line and uh, the Bengals offensive line. On the Bengals side of things, how well the offensive line can hold up is going to be really important. But you could also scheme out of that a little bit too, right? I'd like to see them be a little bit more creative. Run more play action, more Joe Burrow rolling out of the pocket. That could be a good way to kind of buy time for the offense, for an offensive line that's not very good. 
and help them, you know, produce on offense a little bit more consistently. Defensively, I think. How do you sell the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't know. You, uh, <laughs> that 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 too high that too high. You know, keep everything in front of you type of perspective. I think it's probably still your best bet. However, we've seen Mahomes like develop and grow throughout the season and really adjust to that. So there's you kind of have to like pick your poison in that scenario. Yeah, maybe just pray for turnovers. <laughs> Pray for turnovers. I mean, Jesse Bates is a guy um, in their secondary that's been playing well. So look at him. They're trying to force a turnover. Uh, Trey Hendrickson coming off the edge for the Bengals has also been a guy that's been playing well all season. That's so try and, try and use him to get pressure on Mahomes. It's really hard to scheme to. I, I was writing this and I'm like, oh, how do you beat the Chiefs? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> getting getting pressure with four guys and trying not to blitz so you can have more coverage players, I think, is still important and. You know, that too high, keep everything in front of you is probably still your best bet at this point. But we've seen him kind of grow out of that a little bit, too. So, you know, try and confuse him, show him different coverages and cross your fingers. I, th- I think the, the the best defense against the Chiefs is a really good offense, right? So you're just scoring with them, I think, is going to be really important. But having said that, the Chiefs are at home. They have that home field advantage. Uh, they've been playing really well. I think they've already faced their best opponent. The the Bengals, I don't think, are better than the Bills. I think they're going to come in and keep things rolling. Chiefs 33, Bengals 27. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so we're got the same pick here. I think it's really hard to pick against the Chiefs at this point. It's just that offense is absolutely rolling. And one thing I learned this week is that Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are number one and number two in playoff receiving yards per game with a minimum of 12 games, which is a very decent sample size. So, you know, that's that's pretty scary to have to deal with those two. Because you, you look at the other people on the list, you have Michael Irvin, you have Jerry Rice, you have Julian Edelman, Art Monk, Antonio Brown, Dallas Clark, Anquan Bolden, uh, Wes Walker. Like, those guys were the primary guys on their team. And mm-hmm. you don't see you don't see two guys on one team, much less number one and number two. So, yeah, very very scary to have to deal with in the playoffs. And yeah. very scary. One last thing we have to bring up: Jamar Chase. We can't talk about the Bengals. I'll talk about him. Oh, uh, yeah. The Chiefs' defense, twenty seventh against the pass. So, trying not to let him just absolutely destroy you. The scheme of the Chiefs' defense doesn't tailor towards doubling guys, and I think that's something that was a mistake but in the first matchup that the Melgos won during the season week 17 was that they sort of refused to double Jamar I that won't work (laughs) you have to to. get a safety over the top you have to find some some way to get another guy on him because otherwise he will just absolutely destroy you Higgins is there as well and that will probably leave him a little bit more open but I would rather lose because of Higgins than lose because Jamar Chase went for 300 yards two touchdowns yeah so that's that's another adjustment they have to make. And hey, they lost that regular season matchup. I know you know, you kind of throw that out at this point, but that was week 17. That wasn't too long ago. So mm-hmm. it's not like the Bengals are in a position where they don't know how to beat this team. And that's why I have it so close. And I have the Bengals covering the spread, which I think is seven. Um, and I think you have them covering as well. So it's not that, it's not like it's going to be a, a blowout or anything. It'll be close. But but I think the Chiefs have uh, all the right things in place to, to come out with another one. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's that mentality of this guy is not going to beat us. We can't let 
this one guy beat us because if we do then that's game over you know can't let jamar chase go off can't let hill and kelsey just have their way you have to force the next guy up to make plays i i i I couldn't agree more yep speaking (laughs) of letting someone beat you we got you know the number six seed 49ers 12 now 12 and 7 at the number four seed rams you know now 14 and 5 Game is going to be at 6.30 p.m. And, you know, Cooper Cup, he beat, he beat the Bucks, And I, I mentioned it last week. I said, Todd Bowles, you are not going to be able to blitz Matthew Stafford and win this game. And we saw he blitzed 41% of the time. And the Bucks pass rush only won their, their assignments 20% of the time. So that was a stark di- uh, difference. Well, you know... Von Miller and Aaron Donald were winning their pass rush assignments 60% of the time against the Bucks. So you can see that differential. And uh, it was amazing that the Bucks were even able to come back. Those fumbles were so lucky. But I don't think we're going to see, we're not going to see those kind of crazy happenings in this game. Unless, you know, Roger Goodell has cooked up the script again. But yeah. <laughs> I think this game is the perfect opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy GQ to silence all the haters, including me, including everyone, you know, anyone who knows football, we all know Jimmy is an elite. We all know he's he's in that, you know, Ryan Tannehill, you know, Jared Goff kind of level where, you know, they can they can play quarterback if everything around them is good, if, if the situation is perfect, if they've got, you know, the weapons to be able to to make up for their shortcomings. But this is his chance to, you know, be the guy. And even against the Rams in the regular season, he had some pretty good numbers. He was 38 for 51 for 498 yards. That's almost 10 uh, yards per attempt. He did have three touchdowns. And he had two picks, which both came in the in the Week 18 game. But, you know, if he can limit those stupid mistakes, those mistakes that make you just slap your hand on your forehead and then go oh jimmy like what are you doing i think the ram or the 49ers have a really good chance here you know shanahan is looking to go seven and zero against Sh- uh, sean mcveigh and the niners front four can really rattle stafford as we saw in that week 18 game and it's perfect since stafford is the best quarterback against the blitz you have to be able to pressure him with four and yeah i have i have the niners winning 24 Rams 20 and we get a Super Bowl 54 rematch and I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a very clean game and no picks he's gonna have two touchdowns I think you know he does get a lot of flack but he is a winner and he does in the key moments he can act like in the fourth quarter I think he outplayed Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter of that game last week and I think he outplayed uh, Dak Prescott in that game against the Cowboys and a lot of people like I know his box score stats aren't really flashy but that team they score points and they move the football so I'm really interested to see if he can have a clean game and if the if the 49ers can take advantage of mistakes that Stafford might might make under that heavy pressure so yeah I think the Niners pass rush gets to Stafford we see some you know typical Stafford in- interceptions and I also think the Niners fans are still going to take over SoFi, even with the mandate from that team that, you know, people outside of Englewood couldn't, the Englewood area couldn't buy tickets. <laughs> yeah, that whole ticket thing was so funny. 
Like, <laughs> they restricted, at first it re- the tickets were restricted to just people with an address from like the LA County or LA area. Yeah. And then <laughs> Niners fans obviously got mad and I think eventually they opened it up. But what I've been hearing recently, I was just listening to a podcast just before recording and apparently almost all the tickets are just up for resale anyway. So there's probably likely still going to be a whole bunch of and the restrictions gone, so the probably likely still gonna be a whole bunch of 49ers fans in the stadium. And I'm actually, I actually think there's gonna be more 49ers fans in there. Those, that fan base travels, and they don't have to go very far this time. So yeah. that that'll be a very interesting component to this game. So Rams 49ers. This is another game that we have. Dad versus son. Shanahan <laughs> is McVay's daddy. Six and zero against the Rams. Another father-son matchup, so this is going to be a lot of fun. No, it's crazy. They they have had their number. I mean, these are teams that are in the same division. They play twice a year. This is going to be the third matchup this year, and the 49ers have won every single time. How can the Rams win this game? Okay, Stafford has been quite good so far, um, and I think that's something we need to give him a bit credit credit for. He's played clean football games, and he's been quite good in the playoffs versus Arizona and versus the Bucks. Um, Andrew Whitworth is, is expected to play, which is good news for that Rams offensive line. And I really do enjoy how the Rams have a good balance of run versus pass in their in their offensive scheme, and that's something that I think I expect them to continue going into this game. But defensively, I think they have to find a way have to have to find a way to stop the run. The run is what makes the 49ers go, and it's what opens things up for Jimmy G. You know, in the middle of the field, up the seam, and things like that. So. I think it's really, really important that they have to find a way to stop the run. And they've been pretty good against the run uh, throughout the year, but not against this team. So they have to do a better job. Jalen Ramsey escaped some slander when he got beat by Mike Evans last week for that really long <laughs> touchdown. And he escaped because they won the game, but he's got to try and keep Debo under 100 yards. I think we, we're going to see a lot of that Ramsey versus Debo matchup. And he's got to try and win win some of that and not, and not get beat because... Debo, Debo is the is the guy in the passing game for this team, and if you can hold him down, then it's gonna be it's gonna go a long way in trying to in trying to get the win. For the Ford Niners offense, I don't I don't need to tell Shanahan what to do. I mean, the man knows what he's doing <laughs> offensively, especially against this team. But they'll again need splash flash plays, special teams, things like that to win. Being the less talented team in this matchup, and they're gonna need to again come up big in the right times. Like you mentioned, the fourth quarter, you know, Jimmy G. We all know he's not elite, but he's good and late in games, and he makes big throws and comes up big at the right times. That's why they've been able to win with him, and that's why they're very close to making another Super Bowl with him is because he's been effective, you know, in some of those really big moments. So they're gonna, I think, again need splash plays. They're gonna again need, you know, things with a lot of high variance because they're they're not the talented team going in. And I think, I think that's something that we see we've seen them do time and time again. I want them to get the ball into George Kittle's hands a bit more as well. Uh, he had a few big catches against Dallas, but I don't think he had a big game last week against against Green Bay. I mean, that was kind of a weird game, but but yeah, I think George Kittle should come up, is going to be able to be a big factor in this game if they want any chance of winning. For the Niners defensively, you know, then um, a stat from the Associated Press is that the Niners have blitzed on just fourteen percent of the Rams' plays but have still generated pressure on Stafford on 41% of passing downs. So they've been able to win win with four, with getting pressure with four guys and having seven guys in coverage, and they're going to need to continue that. Getting pressure with four is going to be huge, which is something that you already mentioned. Um, and also find creative ways to guard Cooper Cup. 
don't let this man run free and get all these get all get all these yak yards. They're definitely gonna, especially because their secondary is one of the weak, weakest points on this team. They're probably gonna need an extra man, um, or a safety over the top, and try and find creative ways to to slow down Cooper Cup and also keep an eye on Odell Beckham Jr. Of course, I mean the Rams have all these weapons. Higby has played really well. Cam Akers plays well. Sony Michelle, they have a lot, a lot of weapons. I think they'll be hard to beat, but. The other thing that's really interesting between these two teams is that 6-0 record and, like, what comes in mentally. You know, I'm worried about the Rams' mental toughness. We saw them last week break down in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter against the Bucks, and they don't seem to me to be a very mentally tough team. And the 49ers, to me, are. So that's something that I think is really important in this game is that the 49ers are the less talented team but the more mentally tough team, in my, in my opinion. And I expect a lot of 49ers fans in the stadium as well, despite despite the Rams' best efforts to keep them out. I think the home field advantage will be diminished, and there's going to be, it'll be probably a 50-50 split, if not 60-40 for the 49ers. That being said, I think the Rams win. <laughs> I think the Rams win. Pretty decisively, I actually have it at 27 Rams, 17 San Francisco. Ooh. Um, you also have to look at the fact that the 49ers only put up 13 points last week. I mean, the Packers put up 10. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's but, what I'm saying, though. There's something to be said for just finding a way to win no matter what. Like, I don't know. I don't know. There's There's something. We'll see. But... I don't know. This this Niners team is really really special to me because if you compare mm-hmm. them to the rest of the team, like they don't, you know, they don't have the elite quarterback. They don't have, you know, all the all the, all the super super flashy receivers. They don't have like any of that. But you know, they've got they've got Devo, who is just an amazing Swiss Army knife, and they just they know how they win, and they they just go out and do it, which is really impressive to me. The uh the interesting other thing about the 49ers is that they have good players that never get talked about. Fred Warner is a really good player oh that rarely goodness, gets Fred, talked about. It's insane. It's it's crazy. These these guys are just kind of fly under the radar. Fred Warner and Trent Williams. I'm not sure if he's playing. Um I'm reading now that he is a might not be playing, but he's another like really Ooh. elite player that that um that plays for San Francisco that just doesn't get Never. talked about because they, they, they're not like the, you know, the splashy positions. So <laughs> yeah. they're, they're really kind of like low-key team that, you know, in the playoffs comes up and just like wrecks, wrecks all the big, exciting teams day, like the Cowboys <laughs> and the Packers. So they've really been disruptors and it's been, it's been, it's been fun to watch them have this run for sure. Yeah. And, you know, they've had three must-win games on the road and they won all of them, you know, week 18, uh, mm-hmm. the wild card, divisional, like, and I've seen some videos of their locker room, and that is a really, really tight locker room. You know, it doesn't, it always, it doesn't take the best players. Sometimes it just, it takes the best team. Mm-hmm. What worries me, though, is that no offensive touchdowns. I just think the Rams are too talented. Like, they've, they've had a really good past three weeks. It's almost been, like, Sort of like a fairy tale type of experience, but I think eventually, like that kind of comes to an end. The Rams, to me, are just such a complete team, both sides of the ball. 
complete team. You know, they got all these ex- these flashy names, these flashy guys, Von Miller, <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. to come in. And those guys so far have been paying off, and I, th- I think that's something that continues. And Matt Stafford just came in for a couple first-round picks that they, that they traded for him, so... We'll see though. I hope, I hope we get the rematch. The rematch would be cool. Uh, if yeah. the Rams win though, Rams Kansas City would be a rematch of that game of the year from if you get from a few years ago, which was where, where both teams scored forty points. I think that game was like oh yeah, it 54, was 51. Yeah, yeah, that was, that crazy, was crazy. That Monday night game was yeah, it was pretty crazy. Well, maybe the Bengals will just. Play spoiler too. I know everyone is kind of saying the Chiefs are a lock, but I don't know. They they can make some noise too. I personally don't see it, but you know it's football. <laughs> they could. I, I mean, on what's there? Does that happen? I think Chiefs come out kind of flat. The Bengals come out, you know, go up like something like fourteen nothing. That yeah. there's definitely a snare, and Chiefs kind of never claw claw their way up back, and the Bengals win by like three or something. That's something yeah. I can see happening. Even with that, I think. Because in 2019, we saw teams get a huge head start on the Chiefs and just not be able to stop that offense. And this is the tier I see them in now. Like, last year, I thought they weren't as, like... Because they were 14-2, and two, but I was like, oh, that record isn't really, you know, matching up with some of the play I'm seeing. And then this year, like, the Bucks were able to, to put that display in the Super Bowl. And we saw a little bit of that trickle in this year. But right now, with Mahomes, like... Because against the Bills, he didn't have a throw over 20, 20 air yards. And, like, mm-hmm. that is really, really impressive to me to see that kind of growth throughout the season. And, like, because now he, he's playing safer football. He's trusting his guys more. He's, he's trusting his offensive line more, which I think is the biggest thing. Like, we saw him bail out of clean pockets a lot and try to create something that wasn't there. But now, you know, he's sticking in there. He's getting rid of the ball extremely quickly and just getting it to his playmakers and... The only way I see the Bengals winning is if the Chiefs just implode and there's like four turnovers or something. Because even then, that offense, they, the way they score is just no time is, no, no time is too little for them to score, as we saw last week. I, lo- I love what you just said about Mahomes because it's also, at the same time, he rushed for 69 yards. He was the leading rusher of, that, of, of the game, uh, of the that team last week and we still saw him do his Mahomesian things and like scrambling and buy time so it seems like he's actually found the balance that you know we've been kind of chatting about and we'll be talking about throughout the season because he's still he's changed his game but he's done it in his own way and he's still he's still playing like himself so it's scary 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 times <laughs> for for everybody else no it should be fun it should be a great weekend of football and both games. I mean, it's gonna be hard to live up to last weekend, but I think these games will be. Will <laughs> Yo, be fun. if we if we had two blowouts, that would be so. Oh, I'd be so sad. <laughs> it's like you tell all your friends, "Oh my god, this was like such a great playoffs," and then you get them to watch, and then it's just blowouts. <laughs> I mean, after we've been, I felt spoiled after last weekend, so I wouldn't be surprised if it has to come down a little bit, right? You know, yeah, regression to the mean. That's it's just. True. <laughs> Unless Goodell, you know, if you're listening, get those get those scripts going, man. Those were elites oh last week. Let's let's keep it going. <laughs> Roger Goodell comes through. I think 
not a blowout Super Bowl is even more important. If we get blowouts this weekend and they're my teams, I don't mind. But <laughs> <laughs> if if uh, I don't want to blow out the Super Bowl again this year, please no. Yeah, no, no. blowout. That'd be... That that two week lead up all for all for that. Yeah, all for that. No, thank you. No, I, no, no, I'm not even in the right headspace. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. We really appreciate your support. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at what's the play 12 and on Instagram at what's underscore the play. So you can stay up to date with all our content. We want to say thank you again for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.